Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Good morning, good morning. How are we? We good? Feels like there's energy today. I like it. Lots of energy. Hey, um, Bronson, thank you for the stunning introduction. Uh, I can't, uh, so I have a, uh, some, some hamstring issues going on. So if I were to attempt said beautiful high kick, and let me tell you, it is beautiful, but you're gonna have to receive that in faith. Let us pray. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not going to do a high kick today because my wife would probably get mad at me. I've been like nursing these injuries. Would that not be the best thing in the world? A, a preaching a message, standing on a stage. People are like, how'd you get injured? Well, I was preaching last Sunday and I tried to perform a Eddie Van Halen high kick. And uh, yeah, so ripped a hammy. Okay, so we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do today is we're going to talk about wisdom from the Word of God. And I'm excited to get into this. In fact, last week, I got to tell you guys, who was here for 4th of July? Was any, who, who was here? Okay, there's, man, this place, I just want to say, there's a lot of, like, real deep followers of Christ in this place. Like, I assumed, I told Bronson, I was ready for, like, six people and me, you know, just, like, hanging out. And this place was packed. And so, really, really cool. I enjoyed being here last weekend and hanging out with you guys as we closed out Sunday school. And then we're getting into this series about wisdom and talking about the Word of God in deep new ways. And so I want to encourage you today, we're going to dive into a couple things. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is a, is a message that has hit me over and over in my life. This will probably be a scripture that you may have heard, but it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I believe in this world that we live in, there's a lot of confusion. Anybody agree with that? I believe in this world that we, that we live in, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of questioning, there's all these things going on, but I believe that God wants to give you wisdom on how to navigate this. So while I was praying recently, hanging out with some of my life group guys, and we were going through John 14. And if you have your Bibles, just open to John 14. That's where we're gonna camp out for the majority of this message. But I, I just wanna pray really quick invite God into this and invite Caleb to take a break from the beautiful music that he's playing. Hey man, how you doing? How's, how's Sarah? She doing great? Hey Sarah, stand up and let everybody. <laughs> this is something Caleb and I promised we would do anytime we had the opportunity. And here we are doing it. You want to stand up and take a bow? No? Okay. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for this time. We get to hang out as a family and talk about your word. Lord, I pray you would speak to us this morning, encourage us, challenge us. But most of all, I just pray today each of us could be a little bit closer to you in knowledge of who you are in our hearts and what, what, what you mean to each of us. We'd remember our testimonies, what you've brought us through. God, we, were, you, we would remember your hope for our future that you have for us. Be here today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Okay. All right. So. I, I promise you we're going to kind of do a Bible study. It's going to be, I hope this is relaxed. This is discussional. We're just going to have fun digging into the Word. But again, the idea is the wisdom of understanding. When we give away our understanding, we say, I'm not going to lean on what I think, what I know, but I'm going to lean into the Lord. There's, there's peace that comes through that as He makes our path straight. So John 14, we're going to start in verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So let's read this again. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. 
believe also in me. This is incredible. This is awesome. It's simple, right? You got a troubled heart? You can end it. Just believe in God. See ya. You know, <laughs> what if that's it? Like we just ended it right there. And I was, I was hanging out with my life group. We were talking about this. And it's like, I wish it was that simple. Like if somebody said, hey, everybody in here, if you will walk across the street, somebody over there will give you $1 million. How fast would we sprint out of here? Like I'm going to tell you right now, I would throw this mic at someone's head. You know what I mean? Like I would be, I would, I, it's like Pastor Chris is gone and it's just like this MMA fighter that is just like, I've never fought in my life, but suddenly I, I'm like, heel kick, heel kick. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm doing whatever I can. Conor McGregor. Anyway, um, anybody watch that? Broke his ankle. Okay. Anyhow. Um, so I'm, I'd be, I'd be going over there. Why? Because I would know to get a million dollars, you cross the street. So let's go back to John 1. To get a heart free of trouble, just believe in God. Like, this is what it's saying. This is what the Word of God is saying. It's do this, but, okay, let's hold off. Before we get so excited how simple this is, it's simple to say, but here's what I believe believing in God to mean. It's relinquishing control. Truly believing in God means I'm going to give him control. Truly believing in God says, I'm going to trust him. So when God says, when Jesus says, if you want a life and a, a, rather a heart free of trouble, you have to believe in me, which means relinquishing control of your life to me. This is much harder when we're not guaranteed any worldly outcomes because of our belief in God. Just because we believe in God doesn't guarantee this, that, or the other. Okay, Believing in God isn't a magic ball that we can look into the future and see all the outcomes. Believing in God doesn't cooperate with our timing. Believing in God, it doesn't mean you get a genie, and we're going to talk about later, that just gives you everything you want. There's a scripture later that we, we read a lot. It's like, well, Jesus said if I say anything in his name, it'll happen. So, man, God, I just want that Ferrari. That's probably, it probably wouldn't have been a Ferrari, but my God, I just want that truck. It's going to be so, it's going to be so powerful. A hammy. I want to drive. Where is it? You know what I mean? Like we, we want it. We, we read these things. That's not what believing in God is. Believing in God is relinquishing control. So let me rephrase this. Okay. Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and let go of control. Now, I can tell you through my life that I have found a peace in my heart through that. I can tell you through my testimony that that is a way that we can find a heart free of trouble. And that's what we want to talk about because Jesus lays out some tools. But before we get to those tools, let's talk about trouble for a second. Because trouble's fun to talk about. Trouble like traffic trouble. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to think about this. Because when I say, we, we're too Christian sometimes. I don't mean that negatively. I'm just, yeah, I do, actually. We are too, sometimes it's like, I just live with a peaceful heart, free of trouble, everything. No, you don't. <laughs> you were driving here on that one lane bridge, and your heart was full of trouble this morning, okay? I need to get to church. You know what I mean? The kids, shut up. Billy, you know what I mean? You're just yelling at your kids. Why? So you can be full of peace and full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. You got trouble in your hearts. You guys walked into church. Get into kid life and learn about Jesus. And then you walked in here like, oh, praise the one who paid my debt. You know, whatever. 
Come on. Traffic trouble. Let's talk about trouble. Let's talk, let's talk about parenting trouble. Okay, listen. My daughter just recently decided to have anxiety about if she falls asleep and wakes back up, that she may not be able to fall asleep again. She's six, and somehow that anxiety came into her heart, and it's my problem. Any time in the night, she wants to talk about it. So it starts off sweet because I'm a good dad. You know, I love Jesus. Back off, you know. Like, sweetie, let's pray. God, release her. <laughs> She's going to rest. You know, we go downstairs. I sing her a song. It's this whole routine. My daughter's also a little OCD. Thank you, German wife. And her bed has to be made perfectly every time she gets into bed. So not only every time she gets up do we have the trouble of conf you know, confirming that she will actually fall asleep again in her life, we have to also make sure the bed is made. So this, is ha this happens, like, over and over. So what starts as a dad that's like, God, you will help her sleep. Honey, you're just so sweet. You're the best. And like three hours later, it's like, I'm going to kill you if you don't go to sleep. You know what I mean? It's just, it becomes this like massive attack, right? Trouble, parenting trouble. Any parent in here, would you be willing to raise your hand in church and admit if you've had parenting trouble in your life? Okay, thank you. I'm so thankful I'm not alone. Relational trouble. Husbands, we're just going to leave it right there, Okay. <laughs> You are trouble and you have trouble. Husband's like, this is the plight of a husband. It's like you, you get married and you're like, man, this is going to be great. I'm married. What's up, girl? You know, and then it's like immediately you realize I'm in trouble. I'm not prepared for this. And you begin to learn. I don't know about any other husbands in the room, but that was my journey. I mean, I was 19 in fairness, but I had to learn, like, golly, I can create a lot of trouble with my actions, with my words. Just the other day, I went to a yoga class with my wife. She teaches yoga. I went there, and I was all like, namaste, I see the light in you, whatever. Like, I was trying to do it all, you know? And I'm like, and then I leave because she was talking to clients. Like, she was talking to people. I was like, oh, man, that's my girl. You know, she's doing, I'm going to go in and sit in the car and wait for her. She gets to the car like 20 minutes later. I was like, just sitting there. I'm texting. I'm fine. We're going to go on a date after the class. She opens the door. She's like, honey, are you okay? I was like, yeah, sitting here waiting on you. She's like, in girl language, when you leave a place and go sit in the car, you are mad. <laughs> Guys, I've been married for 20 years. How many signals have I missed? How many times has she sat in the car and I thought, oh, she's just resting, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> like, I, you know, I got in the car like an idiot and was just like, hey, honey, let's go get a burrito or whatever. And she's like, hey, this idiot. You know what I mean? Listen, there are relational troubles. There are all these things that we face. There is health trouble. There's financial trouble. There's all these things. And guys, I know I'm being funny, but trouble is for real. And, and Jesus promised us that we would have it. But what I'm telling you is whatever trouble you are facing, and I want to I dig into that trouble for a second, however deep it is, however dark it seems, however insurmountable you feel like it is, I'm telling you, there is a Savior Jesus that says your heart can be free of trouble no matter what your circumstances say. And that is the life of a follower of Christ. And today, I want to dig into this story I want to look at Matthew 14, and excuse me, I want to look at John 14 and see some places where we can look at and see what the Lord has for us, what he's encouraging us to do, how he's encouraging us to live. And so before we, we jump in, we're going to start at John 14, 6. 
And when we look at this in just a moment, so get, get there, but I want to I talk about this for just a second. Everything we talk about is going to be a discipline. Following Christ takes discipline. These thoughts that hit you, trouble when it hits you, it's going to take discipline to overcome it. It's not like you're going to walk out of here and be like, man, that Octorbeck preached a message and now I'm free of trouble. Or read a verse. Wow, I read a great verse. Now I'm free of trouble. It's the repetition and the discipline of doing these things that Jesus is teaching us. So I want to encourage us as we study this, try to take these things and add them into your life of discipleship, right? Okay, secondly, just to give you a picture of it, anybody in here, this is a weekend of sports. I mean, man, this weekend is so great. Who, what, let's just talk about it for a second. What favorite sport? Anybody? Baseball. Do basketball, thank you. That's where we, we just stop, right there, because that's the best. Like, we know that. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh, come on, I know my bro in the back. What's up? What is it? Football. That's what we call it in Europe. Okay, I'm just kidding. Soccer, yes. Okay, so we could keep, anybody else? Did anybody watch the McGregor fight? Watch it, yeah, okay. Did anybody feel bad for him? <laughs> I'm sorry, I did too. I mean, anytime you break your ankle. He's just so loud, you know, he's so, he's so angry, a little angry Irish guy, you know. <laughs> Settle down, Connor. Uh, anyway, there are all these sports. Let me just tell you, whatever your sport is, baseball, basketball, soccer, MMA, these guys didn't wake up one morning, these women in these sports didn't just wake up one morning and go, I feel like being a champion. I'm going to go jog for a week. Then I'm going to go to the Olympics and win. <laughs> They dedicated their life to a discipline. They did it when they didn't feel like it. They fought through illness. They fought through injury. They spent hours upon hours getting advice and coaching. They went into medical facilities and got healed up so they could get back in the game when they needed to. They dedicated themselves to these disciplines, and that's what made them champions or even able to compete in championships. And what I would like to encourage you is as we dig into these things, if you want to be a champion that lives with a heart free of trouble, Jesus lays it out. But it can't just be a passing thought, but a discipline that we wake up with every day. Does that make sense? So let's do it. All right. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I believe this is a discipline to believe that it is wise to learn the way of Jesus. He is the way. Remember back here when he talked about in Proverbs, he said, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will make your way straight. I believe Jesus is saying, I'm not just an answer. I'm a way. I'm, I'm a lifestyle that you can learn and live. So if we want to live free of a heart full of trouble, I think we need to get back to the pathway of Jesus, a pathway to peace, a pathway to victory, a pathway to hope. And so I'm going to step out on a limb here and say I believe many of us overcomplicate the pathway that is Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, if you're in here and it's so complicated and you're so lost and you're like, I can't do this, under, just get back to making it simple. This is how I've lived most of my life. I've lived in a way that says Jesus' way is to love God with everything I've got and show it by loving others. This is the simplicity of his way. We want to make it more complicated. 
Human nature wants to complicate things. Human nature wants it to be too good to be true. Human nature and Western culture wants there to be a one, two, three-step program to get through everything. And that's not how the way works. There's not a one, two, three-step program that's going to get Joe there or Bronson there or Neil or whoever. There's a way of Christ where we follow him and we get into the simplicity of who he is, loving God, loving others, and we fall into that. So undercomplicate some of these things in your life and get to the way. Another thing that I, I want you to understand is the way Jesus, he doesn't want a program. He doesn't want your actions. He wants your heart. That's why he talks about you can live a heart free of trouble because that world out there is going to bring trouble. Your decisions at times are going to bring about trouble, but he's after your heart. And when we give our heart to him, our understanding to him, we give all that over, suddenly we can actually go, I'm free of trouble, but we have to have the way of Jesus. So that's why also it's very important to understand. I put it is wise to learn. A lot of people, even myself, in ways, days past, I might have said, you need to know. I believe that Jesus' way is going to unfold to you more and more every single day that you follow him. And so I encourage you, again, keep it simple. Don't be overwhelmed thinking, i got to have all the answers now, because you won't have them. They won't come that way. But by following Jesus, you can have that day by day, growing in him. Isn't that more beautiful than getting all the answers to the test? I mean, I want the answers to the test. Don't get me wrong. But it's more beautiful if we live life in this way where we follow Jesus. So before we get off of this one topic, my wife and I were in Utah a while back. I love hiking. We love it. We're out there. We were looking at this incredibly beautiful landscape, mountains and canyons, just beautiful. And God, in my heart, like I just felt him ask me, Chris, how did these things get created? And being an uber Christian, I was like, you created them, God. You know, and he's like, yes, I know. I'm asking you to think deeper. How did these things get created? And I said, wind, rain, friction, time, over and over, hot, burning temperatures of the desert, cold, freezing nights and the winter rain, all these things creating this epic landscape that draws people in to see it. And then I thought about my marriage. I thought about my testimony. And I thought about your marriages and your testimonies and how God uses his way of walking with you through darkness, through heat, through tension, through brokenness to create this beautiful thing that draws people in. And so that's what the way wants to do. You can live with a heart free of trouble when you understand and believe that there's a Savior that loves you, wants to get into your heart and into your life, free you of trouble to walk through hard times to create a beautiful story in you. Bam, isn't that good? Okay, so put the tool in your tool belt of leaning into the way of Jesus, the simplicity of his life, and the longevity of your life with him, leading you in a way that is free of a heart full of trouble because you're giving him control and you're trusting him in the process. Okay, John 14, 11. Oh, gosh, where am I? Okay, John 14, 11. Believe me that I am the Father. So he's back to just believe. So believe me, relinquish control to me, give your heart to me, that I am the Father and that the Father is in me. Or else, believe on account of the works themselves. I love that Jesus gives us the ability to know and the, the freedom to go, sometimes it's hard to believe in you, God. <laughs> 
Sometimes it's hard when I'm looking at circumstances, we just praise God for a moment, but how many times have we prayed for something and it didn't happen just like we wanted it to? And all of a sudden just saying, well, I believe in God, you know, I have faith in God. It's challenged. But I love that he goes, but you can believe in the works that you've seen. So right, it is wise to remember the truth of all that he's done. If you want to live with a heart free of trouble, learn the way of Jesus, the simplicity of his way. If you want to live with a heart free of trouble, begin to remember the truth of all he's done for you. Listen, guys, I think it's great to memorize another verse. Go for it. I think it's awesome to find your favorite scripture or your favorite story in the word and remember it. But you know what? It's also very vital to remember and recount and even write down the things he's done for you personally. Why? Because there's no translation issue with your own testimony. Nobody's going to hit you with the Greek lexicon on something you got wrong or this and that scripture when it's your own testimony. When it's your own testimony and it's written in your heart, there's something special about that. Watching what God did for you and being able to point to it and say, there's no confusion here. Nobody can, on either side of any argument, can ever make me deny what Jesus did for me, the truth of who he is for me. And I'm telling you, I think we got to write those things down to live with a heart free of trouble. Remember those things, recount those things. Recently, my daughter was in the hospital. I was in New Jersey, long story. Anyway, I'm driving back, and, and she has to get admitted to the hospital. They're saying all these crazy things that she could have. And as a parent, driving back by myself in this car, I'm just telling you, man, fear took over in my heart. And my mind goes to all the bad things that it could be because of a couple symptoms she was having that lined up with WebMD, <laughs> otherwise known as Satan's voice in your ear when you stub your toe or have a headache or get a fever. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, that is dangerous. If you're a warrior in here, please just don't read WebMD. Don't do it. <laughs> like, my fingers hurt a little bit. <laughs> you read that and you're just like, laid out in fear. You just pass out of all the things it could be. Don't read WebMD about, you know, joint pain or whatever. Anyway, so I'm, I'm driving back, and I'm, I'm going through this intense fear. It had, it had overtaken me. I'm just being real. I'm texting the right people. I'm getting prayer, but fear had overtaken me. I called somebody who isn't even a believer in my family. I was talking to them. I shouldn't say they're not a believer. They, they aren't these types of people that are just going to quote a scripture to you are, are they're not going to lean into have man, have faith. But as I was talking to this person, he said, dude, what are you feeling? I said, man, I'm worried. You know, it could be this, it could be that. I was like, man, I, and I've had some weird health things, so, something called Meniere's disease. It makes you have vertigo and they, they, they it's, it's crazy. I've had, I, I was diagnosed at 26 with chronic kidney stones with something called sponge kidney. I was like, is this a joke? Like, no, you've got sponge kidney. I'm like, oh, man, sounds like a prank. Anyway, I've had these weird things, but every time one of these weird things have come, they've tested me for just God-awful stuff. You know, it makes you fearful. And I was recounting this to this person. And they just go, yeah, but every other, how many times was it something devastating? Zero times. So you probably should look at the track record of your life and not be as worried as you are right now. <laughs> just a very <laughs> practical, you know, and I was like, man, this guy loves God more than I do. You know, like, this guy has more faith than me. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded 
of what has Jesus done for you? You. What has he done for you? Do you remember? Do you look back and say, this is what he's done? God, I have faith in this testament. That's a tool in your tool belt. When trouble hits your heart, when fear hits your heart, Jesus, I'm not going to lean into my own understanding, but I'm going to lean into your way. Jesus, I'm not going to forget what you have done. I'm not going to forget who you are. Oh, well, uh, that, that all, that's a circumstance. Somebody's, the voices in your head go, no, 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 no. This wasn't circumstance. This wasn't somebody saying something. This wasn't some story from a book that was written 2,000 years ago. This was three weeks ago that Jesus did this for me. And he's real. And his testimony in my life is legit and it's for real. And I'm standing on it right now. There's power in that. And I encourage each one of you to increase that discipline of your, in your life of reminding trouble who your God is. Reminding fear who your God is. Reminding your own doubt who your God is and what he does. There's a song that says, he will do it again. He will do it again. You know where that song was written from? Somebody who he had done it again over and over and over again until the guy was like, I'm going to write a song about this. You know what I mean? Like that's where that happened. And I think for each of us, we would do ourselves good to say, he will do it again. So right now, I want you to picture whatever you're troubled by. Okay? Just for a second. Something that's troubling you. I got mine. Now I want you to reconnect in your heart to something powerful that God has done in your life. God, you're going to do it again. Come on. God, you're going to do it again. You're going to bring freedom again in that area. Oh, come on, I can see it. God, you're going to restore something again. God, you're going to bring life again because that's what you do. God, you're going to bring hope again. God, you're going to free somebody from depression again. God, you're going to do it again. If we do that in our lives, it's powerful, and I encourage us to do it. Okay, real quick, we're going to deviate, and we're going to talk about three very controversial things in the Word right here, because I thought to skip it, that wouldn't be fair in our Bible study. So here we go. Let's do it. We're in chapter 14, and we're going to look at, let's see here, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. Anybody in here ever walked on water? <laughs> Anybody in here ever risen someone from the dead? I'm, I'm okay, let's go. No, dang it. Ah, every time. I'm just waiting, Neil. You know, I just want that hand to go up. Never does. So disappointing. Okay, I could keep going. I'm not going to do it. But we, a lot of people read that scripture, and they go, greater things. I, I don't see it. And I want to address that for a second. And this isn't the answer. It's not like it. This is a, it's, it's an answer that's helped me in life. It's something that's helped me to understand. When he says, he will do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do, I believe what he's talking about is, Jesus had a direct connection with the Father, okay? His people around him had a direct connection with him, literally, like in person. We have to live in faith. Jesus talks about that, that those that have not seen but yet still have faith. I believe he's talking about our faith. It's going to be a greater faith that we're going to have to believe in the king, to believe in these things. And so I encourage you, believe in what he's saying. And then let me add this to it. Think about how much the church has done since he's left. Think about how it's lived through all these things. You're a part of that legacy. Now, there's good, there's bad in that legacy. I understand that. 
But the majority of what we are sitting here trying to do is a continued group legacy of the good that Jesus began with some dudes. <laughs> and we get to still be part of it. You're sitting here because of that. That is great. And what Jesus was saying is in accumulation, that is a greater work than I could ever do here by myself. You're a part of that. You get to do that. Verse 13, this is where I really wanted to get because we got to get, get this out. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do for you. The Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. <laughs> Back to that, that question of, well, I, we can be ridiculous with it, right? I asked for a Dodge truck, you know, or whatever. But we can also say, I prayed for my, my father not to die of cancer. I prayed for my marriage not to fall through. I did everything I could. I prayed. But he or she left. I prayed for this. I prayed for that. Listen, the way I've begun, this is, this is personal testimony. I mean, like Austin or somebody gets up here and they're like, well, on the Greek, you know, this isn't, I'm not trying to go, that, that might need to happen. And I'm down with that. But for me, what the Lord has shown me through this, in my own walk with God, that in my name, if you could underline that, whatever you ask in my name, if you ask me anything in my name, to me it goes back to what we talked about last week about Abraham. Sometimes we ask the wrong questions. Abraham was asking God the wrong question when he was praying the way he was praying. Sometimes I'm asking God the wrong questions. In his name is a heart free of trouble relinquishes control. So when I'm going to him in his name, it's like, God, this is what I want, but your will be done. And him saying, I'll give you anything you ask, that's him saying, heart free of trouble will come to you because you're going to know how to live this way. That's how I've reconciled this stuff. Listen, I don't want to just get up at church. You're going to have to wrestle with this stuff and talk about the easy stuff. Pat everybody on the back and be like, go have fun. This world is full of trouble. Your world is full of trouble. Your mind is full of trouble at times when you read things and they don't line up with what happened in your life. You're going to have to learn how to reconcile those things to live with a heart full of peace. And to me, this is how I've learned to reconcile it. When I go to the Lord and I say, God, in your name, and how Jesus prayed was, your will be done, not mine. I don't get it. Your ways are above my ways. Your thoughts are above my thoughts. But I will trust you. That's a hard thing, but that's what I've done. Lastly, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Like, well, Chris, how does this line up with this Jesus is the way? And it's simple. There are so many commandments. Well, I believe going back to the greatest commandment. Listen, if you, and this wasn't Jesus coming across like, I don't think that's what he was doing. Like trying to talk smack. JJ, you love me, you're going to do it. You know, I don't think that's how it was. I think it was like, guys, I'm about to go. I love you. Listen to the difference. Remember, remember the simplicity of what I've taught you to love the Father and to show it by loving others. Please live that. Please, because that's what's going to change the world. Doesn't that sound better? <laughs> that's how it, but we read it through our one, two, three step program. Go, well, I better learn every commandment because if I don't know it, then I'm done. Listen, Jesus said that before Paul. Jesus said that before a lot of the things. We're trying to make sure everything's perfect. Jesus said, this is the most important thing. Love God, show up by loving others. Get it in your heart. I'll tell you this right now. 
I'm not an expert in many things. Have you ever met, have you ever gone to a doctor and they were like, hey, name's Jim, Jim MD. I'm not really good at much, but I can do a lot of different things. Tinker with your knee, pat on your head. Like I can do all these different things, but I'm not really an expert in anything, but I'll take insurance and you can come in. Who's going to that doctor? I'm like, dude, no, no, no. Send me to an expert, right? I want an expert. If you're going to cut into my knee, you better be an expert on knees. I don't need you to know what you know about the human ear. I don't care. I want to know what you know about knees because I'm coming to you about my knee, right? Listen, I've decided in my life I want to be an expert at the greatest commandment. I want to be an expert at what Jesus said was most important. This is a pastor talking to you, okay? I'm encouraging you. Maybe you're not going to be just decent at everything, but you can be an expert in this. You can be an expert in the way of following him. You can be an expert in living your life, showing that your testimony means something. And lastly, you can be an expert in connecting with the Holy Spirit. It is wise to connect with the Holy Spirit. This is the last tool in our tool belt. It's in chapter 14, verse 16. It says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. If you want to live a life free of trouble in your heart, free of a troubled heart. It's so important that I get that right. Change it on the podcast. If you want to live a life with a trouble-free heart, learning the way of Jesus, recounting the works he's done, connecting with the Holy Spirit, it's vital. Let's jump into, I think one of our first or second time out of the book of John, but in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you guys listen to that for a second in your hearts? Come on, listen to these words. Think about our world. Think about your world. Love, joy, peace. Does that sound like you're driving to church? (laughs) I'm kidding. Does that sound like our Facebook conversations? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control. Man, we, don't we engage in a lot of trouble we don't have to? And the Holy Spirit's going, come, on, come over here, connect with me. Hey, connect with me before that conversation. Married bros in the room. Whew. One of the best things I learned from marriage counseling was this counselor looked at me and he said, Chris, you don't have to solve it right now. You don't have to fix it right now. And by the way, you're not in charge of fixing anything. That's up to the Holy Spirit. So when you get that urge inside of you, the Holy Spirit wants to, anytime, anytime you feel tension, love, joy, peace, does that line up? If I were you, I would write this scripture down somewhere, put it in a card, and whenever you're driving, you're like, son of a, you know what I mean? Like, you might want to check yourself. Is that love? Is that joy? Is that peace? Anytime you're about to talk to your spouse, I'm going to to tell her she to do. Is that love? Is that joy? Is that peace? Anytime you're about to talk to that church leader that needs to know what they did wrong, is that love? Is that joy, peace, patience, kindness? You following me? The Holy Spirit wants to help you live with a heart free of trouble. He will help you determine what is from him and what is not. In verse 26 and 27, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all these things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit wants to help not just remind you of who Jesus is, the way, 
not just remind you of what he's done in your life, the truth of who he is to you. He literally wants to remind you of things that you had forgotten, moments in your life that are gone, but he wants to bring them to you so that you can live a life free of trouble in your heart. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Not that way. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The world wants to say if you walk across the street, one, two, three step program, there's a guy over there that wants to hook you up with whatever. If you follow the steps, this is what you get. Jesus says, I'm not gonna give to you that way, but if you follow me, if you come with me, if you walk with me, if you remember me, your heart will be free of trouble. When I go on vacation, I'm gonna close with this. When I go on vacation, I love to eat. Amen? Let's get on vacation, and it's just like, everything I need to eat food. You know, so we, we go, and I've noticed something. It's like the second I'm done eating, I'm planning for the next time I'm going to gorge myself. Is this just me? Like, we're like literally eating something, you know, and I'm just like, oh, man, that was good. I am so full I can't eat. Honey, where are we eating tonight? My goodness. We got a reservation? You know, I'm like, I'm so hungry. And, and that's fine. I'm not, whatever. It's just, that's vacation. I don't think that's, I've learned in my life, that is not how God has led me. It's, here's a meal. Trust me, there's another coming. You have enough for today. I'm with you. Trust me for tomorrow. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.